Welcome to the Strength Rehab Podcast. Join your hosts, Raul Axmayer and Brandon Parker, as they discuss the latest information regarding the health and fitness industries. Topics include sports performance, physical rehab, and of course, general health. Remember, this is the podcast where science meets practice. And okay. And before we go on to our regularly scheduled rants of the week, I just wanted to mention that we are playing around with the idea of starting a mentorship. We are having a lot of people reach out to us asking if we could help them uh, with various questions that they're having with chiropractic and kind of operating ethically in the industry. Um, so if you have any idea or any interest in joining this mentor group, go ahead and shoot us a DM on the page because we're trying to gauge interest. We, if we have enough interest, we're going to go head first into this thing and really double down on it. But we really want to see if there's interest first. We have very limited time and we want to make sure that our time is spent very efficiently. And just an FYI, um, we're going to talk about literally everything, business, setting up legal business, like taxes, finances, rehab, programming, communication, all of that. So it'll definitely be worth it. If you're interested, just hit us up and we'll try to do it as soon as we can if we have enough um, people interested. Because as Parker said, our time is very, very limited. Yeah. yeah. And then switching topics here. I want to show you something. Do you see this right here? Yep. Right, right there. Okay. You see how big it is? It's a pretty big cup, right? So I've been walking around the house kind of drinking out of it. And Amy's giving me this side look. And I'm like, what? What's going on? And and she goes, why are you drinking out of it? I was like, because it's the biggest cup in the house. If I fill it up, I don't have to get up again. You know? And she goes, do, do you know that that's a vase? I was like, what, what do you oh, mean? Oh, it's a vase? It's not a cup? <laughs> it's, it's a vase <laughs> that she, she had outside, like in the dirt and stuff like that. Thank God I washed it. Uh, but... Knowing it's like, you know, it's history, I would have washed it much better. <laughs> That's the one you use for the cup analogy. <laughs> exactly. The vase well, analogy. Nice. The vase and... <laughs> um, I, I, I was talking about this yesterday, or at least I referenced to, to you yesterday that I wanted to bring up to you today. Because I think somebody might benefit from this. And it's like having the hard conversations with patients. I have... A patient that has herenting rods that starts at T1 and goes all the way down to L5. So there's no real bending of the spine between those areas, right? It's basically fused, right? Um, she comes in on a regular basis and her main complaint isn't necessarily pain. She just feels asymmetrical. On the right side of her spine, there is a muscle like yeah, one, there's, there's muscle there. I think it's part of a rhomboid that it is more hypertrophic. It's thicker, but when I have her contract and relax, it contracts and relax. So it has nerve innervation. Right. And I keep on telling her like, Hey, like it's functional. It just might look different because right. That square dab in the middle of it is a scar, you know, like, so maybe you just healed a certain way and that's why it looks asymmetrical, but I'm telling you right now it's functioning the same, you know? Uh, of course, I try to give her the whole talk about like, hey, being being asymmetrical, thank you, is uh, not that big of a deal. Everyone's asymmetrical, but that didn't really land home. Then I started to take a step back and because she's been to multiple healthcare providers, right? 
Uh, she's been to a PT, she's been to a uh, pain care clinic, so on and so on and so on, right? And they all kind of are saying different things. Nobody's really giving her the answer she's looking for. Why am I asymmetrical, right? I kind of asked her, I, I was just like, do you know what chronic pain is? And she goes, no. It's just like, well, when pain outlasts tissue healing times and you don't have any d clear damage, um, we start to dabble into this chronic pain dilemma. And I pulled up a thing of biopsychosocial. I just showed her the, the overlapping circle Venn diagram and I just read it to her. And when I, when I basically started to explain like how like different things interplay with pain and how people can have chronic low back pain and through therapy alone, they can actually resolve some of their issues. She starts to immediately, she starts bawling like on the spot. So here I am, you know, I'm a new doc. I'm having this conversation with this person. There's a time limit. I'm already 15 minutes over with, with this patient. You know what I'm saying? So people are waiting on me and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, I can't leave. Right. <laughs> she, she's literally crying, you know? Um, and long story short, we kind of worked through it. And it, the end result was she, she said, like, I was going to therapy at one point and then I stopped. I really need to go back. And it kind of just showed that, like, she was aware of the situation, but she didn't necessarily know how to go about it. Every time she was with her friends having a good time, she never had the pain or the sensations, you know? Um, so I guess the whole reason I'm bringing that up is just like, you can't be afraid to hurt somebody's feelings and you can't be afraid to say how you feel. You can't say it like an asshole, but you have to say what you think because you are the experienced, well-knowledge doctor, right? Like you, you got to be able to say what's on your mind because if it's going to help them, even though it hurts at first, it's going to help them, you know? And even though that wasn't a direct referral to a mental health specialist, I think that that's also something that clinicians must be really good at just determining where's your limit. Okay. Like, yes, you can talk about mental health and a bit of like CBT or psychotherapy, but that's not your specialty. So right. if you think that someone needs like an actual professional, like mental health professional, you should be comfortable and you should know your limits and you should refer them or at least recommend them to go to therapy and tell them like, Hey, I think you could benefit from this. Like I can just do so much, but I think that you can definitely do better with a combination of both. Yep. Yep. Just exactly. Don't feel like a hero and try to do everything. Right. 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 Yeah. Cause at that point you're just going to do the person misjustice. Right. Yep. I, uh, I, what I did, what I do with her is because I'm still, I'm new and then like navigating these conversations can get really rocky. And, and what I said was like, you know, I know the true benefits of therapy. I'm not telling you to go to therapy. I'm just telling you that with this information, it could tremendously benefit you. And there's really no downside, you know, and she took that more. Uh, like she took that easier, you know, I'm not because once again, there's that stigma, right? There shouldn't be. But there is that stigma like you need to go to therapy. It's all in your head. And it's like, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that it could offer benefits that you're not getting here. Yeah. And therapy you know? is for everyone, dude. Like it's not for crazy people, how dumb people say that it is. It's not for like only depressed people. Like any literally anyone in this earth can benefit from therapy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then I think I said this in the last podcast or two podcasts ago, it just like other, I mean, doctors across the board need to just do better when it comes to the advice that they give patients. The the chondromalacia patella case, right? Some some MD was like, "Hey, you got CMP. Um, 
you shouldn't squat you shouldn't run you should never do leg extensions and it's just like i was it, for me i was just like i wonder how hard is it to obtain the information to just see if exercise is beneficial all i put into google i just put the chondromalacia patella exercise and just article after article after article all showing effectiveness so it's just like bro with the three minute Google session, you could have just seen how bad the information that you just gave somebody. I see Malaysia would tell us a sensitivity issue because that's literally what it is. <laughs> exactly. I just keep how people say, oh, you can't do anything because you have Malaysia would tell us. I just, it, it a, I, I put that one in the, the boat of what's the other one? Tracking, what? Patella tracking. I hate that definition or the diagnosis is like, what do you mean it's tracking wrong? Maybe it's a dislocation. <laughs> right. It's it's either a dislocation or it's not. Or it's normal. <laughs> right. Exactly. And it's just, I don't know. And then now now they go down this rabbit hole where they're trying to strengthen their VMO. And it's, it's just impossible like, to isolate like that. So now, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of stuff where it's just like, can you please just critically appraise yourself? You know, just if, the information you give and if they don't come back, like they just hold on to it for years, right? Like, you know, my doctor said to never bench again. I have a labrum tear. Like, what do you mean? Like you never bench again? Like, don't you work out? He's like, yeah, I just don't do these exercises anymore. I had a, a, a person with a labrum tear has, hasn't, it's, it was, it's been six years and he's never put anything over his head since. Damn. Now that we're talking about how, like, how the words we use or clinicians use to, uh, with patients can affect it, I had a patient like a month and a half ago. He had like a partial tear in his common extensor elbow tendon, like uh, lateral epicondyle, whatever. And the doctor used these words, uh, and he said, "quote unquote, you have a hole in your tendon." And this guy came to me, and he was like super scared to use it like he was an avid lifter he stopped lifting and when i asked him why he's like i knew i had something but when the doctor said i had a hole in my elbow like i literally i just stopped immediately and i'm like well it's not like you have a hole and it's like even if you have that quote-unquote hole like you you can function perfectly i mean look at you you have strength you have everything and he was like so you're telling me that i can start lifting and i told him yes i definitely think you could benefit from it so I didn't see him uh, until a month after. And he was like, I'm doing amazing. Like I've been lifting, <laughs> I've been doing upright rows. And, and I was like, I told you, like, you don't have to fear that stupid quote unquote hole. Like the, like, I don't know why doctors use those words. Like, dude, like a partial tear. Come on. <laughs> right. Right. I, I, I just don't understand. I mean, it just people just need to do better. And the thing is, is it kind of comes down to what we were talking about a couple of podcasts ago, where it's just like some people just don't know how to read the room and they don't know how their words land when it comes to when they say it. They're just they're busy being textbook correct. And if they're textbook correct, like partial tear, there's a hole. Technically, it looks like one. So, you know, that's, you know, if I was on the court of law, I, they wouldn't say I'm wrong. Yeah. Right. And and then at the end of the day, it's just like now you're not you, you, you have to find that balance between being correct, like anatomically correct uh, and also explaining it in a way that the patient isn't going to be fearful for a very long time. Yep. Agreed. <clears throat> 
yeah, I don't I don't know why we I don't know. I just like I, I at this point, like I just feel like it's it's simple enough. Like so for w- what I usually do, my approach is like I'll give like the the textbook way just because I want them to have the ability if they understand it. Sure. Great. Most of them don't. And I go, all right. So for example, let's say tendinopathy, right? I just say like, all right, tendinopathy means that, and most of them are golfers. So they're getting that golfer's elbow type deal. Um, I say tendinopathy is basically you're doing too much for the, and the tendons can't keep up with the recovery. And over time you start to have some, you start having some injury or slight damage to that area. Does that mean you should stop using this? No, not at all. It means that you should downregulate the amount of activity that's going into that area so the body can catch up. And they go, well, that doesn't make sense. Should I just rest completely? It's like, well, no. Your tendons need stress to adapt. Your tendons need that activity to have that driving force, right? And then they go, oh, that makes a lot of sense. It's just like, yeah, it's it's more so about the, I always say the dose, <clears throat> the dose makes the poison. That's my, one of my favorite lines. And they go, that makes a lot of sense. It's like, yeah, live your life. Just don't be an asshole about it. <laughs> yep. I always say, don't stop, just modify. Right. Find a way to right. modify and you'll be fine. That's uh, navigating a lot of the questions that I get is always like, so can I golf? You know, like after the whole like thing, after they feel everything. a little bit better. Right. Like, so could I do this? And I just go, well, I'm not going to tell you no, because you're going to live your life regardless. But how about we just work into it? My golf specific recommendations is always like, okay, you want to go play golf? You can't touch the driver. No driving. Okay. That's the big club. You're going to swing real damn hard. Let's just stick with the, the irons. Go play a par three. You still get to play your game, right? You're in, and you're, you're limiting the amount of force and torsion you're putting through the area that we're trying to remedy. Gotcha. Right. I feel like that's a fair resolution. They usually say, okay, that makes a lot of sense. And then what I'll say is like, after that first game, how did you react? If they're, if they're flared up, it's like, all right, well, good thing you didn't go for the top driver. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But, and if they feel good and just like, okay, let's start working into that driver, go to the driving range, hit a couple balls and then wait till the next day. Cause tendon typically, you know, they're slow yeah. to kind of yell at you and then see where you're at. And they, these, the patients love that. Because they, I mean, think about it. Well, I'll give you some background for people that don't know where I'm at. I'm in West Palm Beach, which is one of the golfing hubs of the world, right? There is a golf course on every other corner, and people come down here to retire and play golf on a daily basis. So for somebody to be in an injury and you say, hey, you're just not going to do the thing you came to this state for, it just seems haphazard when they can enjoy the thing that they came for. And still be recovering at the same time. Yep. It's like telling, like, it's like me going to a dog and him telling me, oh, you can't live. And I'm like, that's stupid advice. <laughs> How are you going to tell somebody <laughs> to stop doing the activity that they enjoy doing? Right, right. I When I tore my labrum back in high school and they repaired it, he said, I, I never want you to bench past 90 degrees. I don't want your elbow to ever break the plane of your torso. I don't, he said that. And then he says, I don't want you to do barbell overhead press anymore. And it's just like, I, 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 and this is when I was like, I think 18 at the time. I just looked at him and I said, Oh, okay. As soon as I left that room, I was like, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm going to work out. Like, I'm not going to not work out. Like I'd rather blow my shoulder out again. You know, right. I was like, fuck that. 
Yeah, 100% worth it. Are you kidding me? Like, if I tear my labrum tomorrow, hopefully, you know, knock on wood, I'm not jinxing it. I, it, it it's worth it. It's been worth it. I've, I've worked out since in the way that I wanted to work out, never been limited. If it tears tomorrow, fuck it. It was worth it. <laughs> and don't get surgery. Right. And in and, and hindsight's 2020, I don't think I would have gotten it. But I will say that every time my arm went above my head at a diagonal, it would just instantly dislocate. So it was kind of like I wanted to be able to because the thing is, is like, all right, with the labrum tear, if you're consciously in a position, which you are usually when you're working out, you're never going to experience any problems. But it's kind of like, OK, I'm going to do a volleyball spike. You're not thinking about being stable in that position. You know what I'm saying? That's when you started to experience it, the dislocations at a higher level. Yeah. So I I don't know if, if I had to go back in time saying to not get it. I mean, so, I sometimes know. surgery is the best option, but a lot of times conservative care, it will get the job done, especially if you're not yeah. like an elite athlete. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and you know, what, what was that latest thing that came out with the ACL? With the partial and complete tears, I think upwards of eighty-two percent. Was it? Was that what? It, did you read it? Uh, I have it in. I have it bookmarked, but didn't read it. It's. I read. I. I glanced through it. Uh, it. It seems very promising because you know, like before, it was like, oh yeah, partial tear has an op like option versus like a full tear, and like full tears are still res having resolution. Oh, so for ACL tears, cool. yeah, I've read not that one, but previous ones and. Yeah, it's like they're not recommended surgery many times, even though for a complete tear, which is kind of crazy. I have a good, I have a good friend that uh, tore his ACL, and he's a PTA and complete tear. I told him, I said, like, you know what? It, it you don't have any detriments if you just take this first year off, like not getting the surgery and just exercising to the point where you build up a large capacity. It it, it won't do you wrong, right? Um, and he basically, after that first year, he had re like a lot of stability back into the area. I granted he didn't get any MRIs after the first uh, diagnosis. Uh, but you know, he was cutting, he was jumping, he was doing all these things. And he's like, I'll be honest with you. Like, I feel not as stable as before, but like pretty damn stable. So it, it makes me think like with the research that we were just referencing, it's just like, maybe that thing is growing back. It is. You know? Yeah. That's what the research shows. Um, like if I get a complete tear of my ACL, I would not get surgery. I think it's not mm -hmm. worth it in my case. It's not like I'm an athlete cutting or running like super high speeds or anything like I think that I can rehab it really good and it, it'll function for the things that I need it to function. Right. Exactly. You know, quad extensions until you die. Just get very <laughs> strong. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's and that's like I think that a lot of people need to also understand is when they're talking to patients is like you have to. I mean, it sounds obvious when I'm going to say like you have to tailor the advice to the patient. Duh. But it's just like, are you really doing that, though? You know what I'm saying? Like, did you meet this person to at their level? You know, uh, it comes back to the golfing, right? Like, like I met them at their level. They're here for golf. Like, especially I, I get a lot of people that are visiting, you know, just like, hey, I leave in two weeks. Um, what can I do? Come in three times a week. Right. Exactly. And the thing is, is some people jump on that and feast and just be like, yeah, I want you in here, blah, 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 blah. But I, you know, I kind of just give them the advice that I just said earlier, just kind of like, we're going to just rebuild. I'm going to make you feel good today. 
but we just got to rebuild, you know, and then hopefully your inflammatory levels are lower. So you're not going to be experiencing this level of pain or this level of deficit. Um, yeah. And then they like, it's usually well received, you know, and Mackenzie press ups. I give a, I, I give a quite, I believe it or not. I like, this is, I've been giving a lot of McKenzie press ups. Uh, Cause I, I told you, I've been having a lot of flare ups come through my doors. Um, and a majority of them, not, not, not really helpful, but for the first time yesterday, it actually started, it actually made like a, a big difference. Right. It's just like in the back of my head, I'm like, out of like six people I had to do this, this is the first one that actually had like, like each rep, he was getting resolution. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. And I told him like, yeah. Hey, yeah, exactly. And I kind of told him, I was like, Hey, look, like you're probably going to have to do this every morning because <laughs> this isn't a long term thing, but it's going to make you feel good for that day. And you can do the them. things you want to do. Oh yeah. And, and that's, that's another thing that I keep playing around with or thinking about is just like, you know, these little things that maybe as a clinician seeing it is like minute and like not that great, but like, that so we always talk about intercession changes, right? It's like, all right, in the long term, it doesn't really matter. But it's just like, all right, well, this person has a flared up, like in a low back. If you can take this nine and bring it down to a five, they're gonna be singing your high praises. Oh, yeah. you know. And oh, you know, yeah. so like in in that case, I'm like, okay, intercession changes are pretty damn important. You know, the quality of life instantly improves in that small amount of time, yeah. but. You can't be chasing it 24-7. Yeah, exactly. If it's important for the patient, you should at least consider it. Definitely. Right. It should be important right, for exactly. you. Exactly. All right. Are we putting a pin in this? I think so.